0: KBLA Talk 1580 That's Miles Lowe right there I know him You might know him too Miles Low Music is where you can find him on all platforms And uh, Download that music Buy that music Stream it, stream it, stream it While we're young That's a new one right Get it while you're young Love it. Okay, so um, who's on my phone right now? You are 809 201580 809 As we unpack what we've heard, what we've seen, and what is going on around the town, um, helping me do that, uh, Tim Cornegay, the director of Live Free California, a lifelong resident of South Central Los Angeles, Uh, Since gaining his freedom after 22 years of incarceration, he joined L.A. Voice as an AmeriCorps VISTA fellow. He ultimately earned a staff staff position around reentry in Prop 47 as an organizer, promoted to position of justice transformation and voter engagement organizer, and then eventually uh, working his way up to director of Live Free California. Good morning, Tim.
1: Good morning, Dominique. Thank you for that intro and happy new year. Same, same, same
0: to you. You, um, you know, we actually, we talk about a lot of things. Uh, you and I, Tim comes in a lot for our first hour to look at local issues. Um, but when it comes to reparations, we really haven't had much of a conversation about that. Um, and there are so many aspects to it um what it you know what jumped out at you from what you heard i mean i guess you know this idea of who should get reparations is is possibly uh the most controversial piece um even within uh not just like should should white south africans or white people or you know latinos get reparations but within the black community um in the united states who should get reparations
1: I, um i think the information that kevin shared this morning is it's enormous it's informative but it's a lot to unpack for the average person so those of those of us that move around in this space have a degree of understanding the more the closer you are to the issue the higher you understand it. And Kevin is an amazing brother. Hang around him, talk to him all the time. And and when he speaks on um reparations, he he's a person that has a depth of hands-on information. Uh, in regards to who who should get reparations, that that's such an enormous question. There's no way we can unpack that in the time that's provided. But what we can do is discuss the harm that has been done from from those generationally from the existence of slavery and i think that, that that's the point to start at so we can really understand like what slavery was and what slavery did and it's it's a task of like bringing out the clouds to bring it off television and actually have an understanding of what it was like to be in like servitude for hundreds of years and that to become a, a normal way of living while other folks profited off the fact that they owned you as property and literally, uh, to, to the detriment of our folks, worked us to death. So do you, do you any, think that we don't, don't understand
0: world, that? I mean, you think that most black think, Americans don't understand that, the harm of, I that, of enslavement? Do you think we, well, we just watched, you know, we, we watched, uh, whatever, seven years a slave and that's it, if we even did that?
1: Uh, well, I thought, I, I actually thought, read a lot, thought I had an understanding of the pain that's processed through us in slavery, and then I went to the uh, Justice and Equity Initiative Museum, and alabama and 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 like what was really done is it's unbelievable, it's unfathomable, and it was ungodly to see um, visual representations of the transportation of folks and how they move folks from the continent to the Americas as trade. To, to to profit off of our misery, to profit off of our work, when we receive nothing for it, it's, it's just a different experience when you see it broken down on a certain level. And you see the number of ships that move from Africa to the Americas and how those ships would pack with folks, It, it it's an empirical experience that's life-changing. Yeah. So do we understand? Yes, but... There, there's another, you know, like all the other things, and there's levels to this. I mean, one of the things that we I appreciate, that I
0: have appreciated from the California Task Force is how many of the stories uh, that connect the dots here, because we do think about, I, I believe we think about in our enslavement, you often think about the South, right? You think about, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, and really knowing the impacts here in California, not just, um, from Jim Crow and the subsequent harms, but um, the um, the many people who fled here to California, the people who came here to California and kept their enslaved persons in this state, and uh, the actual direct impact on the Golden State, which is where California started, um, to me that's been one of the uh, one of the pieces that I didn't have in my understanding of um uh, the the harms of enslavement
1: mhm i think that um t- trying to to get away from it those those of us who managed to escape and get to the north by whatever means was amazing but yet and still because it existed everywhere else the treatment that was metered out the way that folks were treated because the history of and the understanding of where they came from and how they got here, that in and of itself, the the state of California is responsible and the state of California should own that responsibility and, um, deliver reparations on as, as Kevin was speaking to this morning on the multiple levels of addressing the harm from the biggest question that we always, always, um, talk about the financial remuneration to um receiving whatever degree of counseling therapy emotional support that individuals need to actually process the fact that the, our history brought us to the point that we are at now. Eight
0: hundred nine two oh fifteen eighty eight hundred nine two zero one five eight zero. If you want to weigh in on what you heard on Freedman Friday today, if you wanna build on something else you've heard throughout the week. If you've got some breaking news to share or you gotta, you know, level up, break down, fellowship, fight. I'm here for all that 809-20-1580. nine two zero fifteen eighty. I'm Dominique DePrima. Uh, Tim Cornegate's with me, and you are invited in on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty.
1: The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Thank
0: you, indeed, um, Tim Cornegate hanging out with us uh, for the first half of this final hour and you're invited in, you know I, I like to give us time and space to unpack the Friedman Fridays conversations because there is always confusion there is always a lot of information uh, presented at once and a lot of clarity but also if you got something else you want to um, share, you're welcome 800-920-1580 um, Link just DM'd me and he said I need to listen to the whole Cat Williams interview because he claims he never did a hard drug in his life and says they always make us out to be crazy like Dave Chappelle uh, when they don't agree with the things we're doing. So a uh, great point, uh, Link. Thank you for pointing that out to me because I didn't watch the whole two hours. And my understanding has been that uh, Mr. Williams has had his struggles with drugs. He's saying he doesn't. So we're going to leave that there. But Tim, I wanted to ask you, as someone who's spent a lot of time inside California's carceral system, right? you you spent uh, over two decades Um, behind bars when we talk about reparations in terms of the prison industrial complex and and the example we discussed today which is the fact that the the california state legislature could not agree to outlaw forced labor in their prisons that was last year wasn't 1870 that was last yeah. year. The California legislature could not agree to enforce labor in prisons. Um, and I guess uh, we're hoping someone's going to bring that legislation back again this year. That was brought by Cindy Kamlager. She's now in in uh, yeah. Karen Bass's old seat, so she won't be bringing it. She's not in California anymore. I'm, I'm asking you that because in some ways it feels like we're making progress, but in other ways, not so much. And I, I would like to get your perspective of how that reparations piece overlaps with the ongoing um, forced labor inside of the prison system and other um, harms that come out of the prison industrial complex that um, are directly tied to what we need repair for in the first place our enslavement and and our subsequent discrimination and, and, and terrorize terrorization is that a word, um, in this country?
1: Well, uh, terrorization. If, it, if it's not a word, you can make it one because we're real good at making up words <laughs> nowadays. I <laughs> know so that's right. Everybody will definitely everybody will definitely know what you mean. But that that piece of that piece of constitution in the California Constitution. That is, it's it's a negative legacy from slavery to to continue to indicate that slavery is illegal unless an individual is convicted of a, of a felony and sent to prison. That still exists in the Constitution. It's a contradiction to say that that we should receive uh, our freedom and be first class citizens and not be considered second class citizens. But a dark cloud still. That dark cloud is still hanging over our head. that our legislators, the ones that, who are progressive and any of those who are conservative, that have a, a sense of what's right should have supported that 100 percent. Because if it's not eliminated from the Constitution, then that means that there are some of us that still believe slavery should be a part of um, the California environment or the California reality. And that really doesn't make any sense. Whatsoever.
0: Right, in the U.S. reality, I mean, it's like we need an amendment to the amendment. If the 13th says that you can't yeah. enslave people except inside the carceral system, that seems to me yeah. an incentive, and that's, you know, what we're seeing with this lawsuit in Alabama where they're saying that prisoners are being kept in to provide free labor or low-cost labor to fast food chains and others, um, and that, that constitutes you know, an extension of enslavement, we need to to fix that in the 13th Amendment. But right now, there's a a movement going state by state. Like I mentioned, Louisiana just passed a law outlawing forced labor in the jails. But we couldn't do it in California. That's crazy to me.
1: And in terms of of slavery, Louisiana was one of the most egregious states that was responsible for keeping our folks enslaved, and for them to be able to do it and for California not to be able to do it makes absolutely no sense. But what it takes at this point is it takes people power. These conversations have to become, and I'll I'll use the Cat Williams example, not about what he was talking about, but just the energy that his interview has created has everybody on the planet talking about cat williams who do we need to be so we can take these important conversations that change the complexion of the lives we live to be as energetic to have our phones mm-hmm. ringing all day asking questions what about do you know how do you get involved do you believe this that the truth is that if we can do that then the people powers will move these things across the finish line all the organizational work is what it is but it's the community engagement it's the demystifying it's taking the academic level of explanation out of this and being able to explain this to anybody you walk up on the street and they understand what you're talking about they understand how important it is and they understand the value of their voice and pushing it across the finish line because we go to Sacramento we talk to Gavin Newsom and it's a 100 of us, it's 200 of us, it may be 500 of us. But if a million people in California tell Gavin Newsom this is what he wants, then the alternative is either he delivers what we want and what we need based on those task force recommendations. or those million people might change their mind come March 3rd or come November 3rd of this year.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, it's a good point. Of course, I wonder about the algorithm. The algorithm loves a Cat Williams. It's us tearing each other down. It's salacious. It's gossip. It's um, a lot of things. It's not just that. But I don't know that the algorithm supports uh, reparations now. <laughs> um, no. and, and, you know, I, I I don't think, I'm not saying that I as agree. an excuse because the hood grapevine is alive and well. Um but
1: Exactly.
0: But I do think that's a consideration. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's that's what we need to plug into because that's that's where we are. We need to meet people where they are, especially those people who we are trying to deliver these resources to that need it the most. They need to know why this is important.
0: Yeah, well, why is it important? I mean, why is it important to you? I, I love uh, Ben Frank is here in the in the YouTube chat calling uh, what's happening inside prison human trafficking, and that's it's, it's it's an interesting take because that's really in a sense what's happening, um, and 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 it does feel like an extension of the system. Just like a lot of folks, Black Lives Matter and others make the point that our current policing methodology is an extension of the enslavement system the overseers the slave catchers um, but what so you said we've got to get the word out beyond the algorithm on the hit on the hood grapevine that this is important but yeah. so why is it important because I think KBLA is part of the hood grapevine <laughs> um,
1: first and, first and foremost it's important in in the bigger picture, that America in its present form does not exist without the import of of uh, stolen black folks from the continent to to build this country to give individuals free labor for three hundred plus years. That's what that's that's the main reason why it's important. And since that time, there has been no effort. Or consideration to actually reward folks who are really the the existence or the evidence of one of the most heinous crimes ever committed in the history of the planet
0: yeah for I'm in,
1: evidence of a kidnapping
0: well yeah, mass kidnapping right I mean mass kidnapping tra- trafficking uh sexual assault um Rape, yeah, uh, false imprisonment, uh, child endangerment. I mean, the list
1: Every goes on. Un- unbelievable crime known to man exists under the banner of slavery.
0: And um, the forensic accountant here in the chat saying that what the Republican governors are doing by shipping uh, undocumented folks to out of their states to blue states, um, is also human trafficking. I myself have wondered, it seems like it should be illegal. It should be, um, it should be, you know, human trafficking or, or kidnapping or taking people across state lines. I don't know. it you know, honest services, whatever that is, mail fraud, I don't know, something. It doesn't seem like you should be able to just ship human beings around um, as uh, political pawns. At the same time, you're exploiting their labor and your slaughterhouses and all that. I do agree with that. At the same time, you know, that becomes a divisive issue and we see people in the black... Uh, empowerment space in the particularly in the reparation space being pitted against those immigrants
1: yeah well it 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 definitely should be something that's illegal but then you have unchecked political power When 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 we surrender our power to our political representation then they assume what's best for us and if we don't step up as groups of folks as voters, as a community and be like, "Hey, this right here is unacceptable. then they'll continue to do things like this and and we'll continue to say this is what it should be instead of actually taking a stand and saying that we're no longer willing to accept this from our representation.
0: yeah, um I know that since you you know you, since you have um been free. And you're the director of Live Free California. You've gotten really physically in, free. Physically free. Uh, you well, physically, okay, yes. yeah, because you were I men-
1: was mentally, physically, and psychologically free long before they opened the door and let me walk back <laughs> to this amazing opportunity.
0: I love that. Um, you've my question was you've gotten deeply involved in electoral politics. A lot of people are fed up, disgusted or feeling like it's not worth it. What do you say to those folks? We've got an election here in California uh, in March, and I know they're going on across the country, especially Um,
1: black men. What i say to that. Yeah. Oh, whether you like politics or not, politics impacts our lives on every level from the personal to The professional. So when you pull yourself out of politics and you surrender the things that you do in your life to politicians who, who may not even um, be aware of the, th- the things uh, that you need. If you need any kind of resources, there's a political decision that needs to be made. If you have a job, the wage that you receive may be based on a political decision. Where you live, and how you pay your mortgage may be based on a political decision. If you go to the store and buy a bobby pin, the taxes you pay on that, the cost of it, may be based on a political decision. We cannot move away from politics, so we can't surrender the what, what seems to be like the invisible portion of our lives, which is really visible, to, to decision-makers. Aren't informed of our real needs when are left to guess or think because they're in these positions of power, they know what's good for us.
0: Tim Cornegie, as usual, Uh, great to talk with you.
1: Oh, thank you, Dominique. It's always a pleasure to come hang out. Like any time I get the opportunity to pull up and have these conversations, um, coming and wish that one day. We can be able to have these conversations, the off-camera conversations, be presented to the folks who are listeners, because then it mm. would really be exciting and they would really know what's going on. Sounds like a
0: podcast to me. LiveFreeCA.org <laughs> is where you can find him. Tim Cornegie, thank you. All
1: right, thank you, Dominique. Have an amazing day. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DiPrima when we come forward. Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? I didn't think so. You're listening to unapologetically progressive KBLA Talk 1580.
0: So one of my projects for 2024 is going through this entire 1,200-page report, um, starting with the executive summary, going through the report, and really parsing the work of the California Reparations Task Force. One place where I do see movement is more agreement among various reparationists that the work of California can be a template uh, for a federal legislation or even an executive order that um, whereas some people felt and, and some do still feel that having reparations on a state or a local level would undermine the real bulk of the repair work that needs to happen uh, at the federal level. Um, some seem to be changing their minds about that or at least allowing the, for the fact that this California task force wor- work has moved the ball. Um, in 1863, the report says, the summary says, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Hopefully you know that. In 1865, they ratified the 13th Amendment. And I'm skipping down, uh, to a little further in the paragraph where they're talking about Reconstruction, uh, and they say that, um, the, um, United States experienced a 12-year period after the Civil War uh, called Reconstruction, where the federal government tried with some success to give newly freed African-Americans access to basic civil rights. Um, These advancements, um, skipping forward, these advancements came to an abrupt end after the presidential election of 1876, when federal political leaders reached a compromise which resulted in the withdrawal of federal troops from key locations in the South, effectively ending reparations. And even though in 1883, the Supreme Court interpreted the 13th Amendment uh, as empowering Congress to, quote, pass all laws necessary and proper for abolishing all badges and incidents of slavery in the United States. um, The report says, other than during Reconstruction, Instead of abiding by the Supreme courts and the constitution's mandates to abolish the badges and incidents of slavery, the United States federal state and local governments, including California perpetuated and created new iterations of these badges and incidents. The resulting harms have been innumerable and have snowballed over generations. Uh, I read that so well put and it is the jumping off point for this conversation. Um, in California, particularly because in 2020, uh, Assembly Bill 3121, which was then Assembly Member Shirley Weber's bill, um, allowed us to address this on a state level through the formation of this task force and uh, their mission to document these harms and then make recommendations about how to fix it. That's where we are right now. And that is why, This is a crucial moment. The work has been done. It's groundbreaking. We are at the point where we, the people, have to push this beyond a study, beyond a recommendation, off of the page and into action. Let's go to Molly Bell calling us from the city of Compton.
2: Reparations and memory of our ancestors, God bless and happy new year, Dominique. You 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 held that down. I I was wondering how you when I heard when you found out that he was going. When I heard that he was going to be on, how would you talk to him? I'm not that I'm against him or anything, but you what remember what Dick Gregory used to say when somebody say something, he said what he said, and yeah. then you say yeah. what you say. And so that's what I'm saying. Uh, for me, you know, for reparation, I am who should get reparation. You know that, Dominique Dobas, descendants of black African slaves. So right off the top, I would have been also for those who have been texting me and asking me to say something, uh, uh, that, that was why I had no need to, because when you bring a guest on, uh, we try to treat your guest as if we invited them to our home also, because isn't KBLA our home? Yes, it is. So so we invited them to our home. How do you treat people that you invite to your home, even if you disagree with them on some things? But how do you treat them? And you were just simply, simply wonderful. I wanted to call in, and uh, uh, I know that some of you probably have already seen that Officer Dunn, Oh who was you know, to even though today is the fifth, this is the day we're commemorating or I don't know, is commemoration when you talk about the day they did the Capitol. Is that the correct word?
0: Yeah, commemoration. Oh. Yeah, I think that's right.
2: Okay. Well, you know, we're commemorating that. He's running gonna run for Congress in Maryland.
0: Yeah
2: that early this morning on MSNBC and uh, he's
0: the big bald headed brother that was uh, testifying a lot and you saw him a lot on television on CNN and such yeah for yeah, those who don't had- know who she's talking about who was attacked during the January 6th uh,
2: and he fought
0: coup attempt yes
2: he, he, he fought them like something uh, I just want to say just a couple of things on the election I don't I'm a Biden supporter. But I'm a Biden supporter, I don't say I'm voting for the lesser of two evils because for me, I can never ever vote for evil. Lesser or greater than. I've got to look for the good, celebrate that and do it. And Trump <laughs> is is an awful is an awful person. Donald Trump is an awful person, he who shall not be named. I don't know how many people I don't know how many nicknames you've given him. You probably right. <laughs>
0: I don't remember he, either
2: when he well if he if he won and became dictator, you would be on his list, right? Dictator away. Don. Yeah. And and that's and that's another thing. I'm so glad that we as Democrats aren't that crazy. Because <laughs> we're not. Because what if Biden says, okay Yes, I believe he can do that when he get in. But I'm president, so today I declare myself a dictator. Yeah. What if Biden did that today? What if he said, I'm going to get even with everybody. I'm going to change the uh, Supreme Supreme Court. I'm going to do this, but we're not like that. Everybody say, well, Trump is just doing this. Trump spent... All of twenty fifteen get trying to get President Barack Obama's birth certificate. Have everybody forgotten that? Because it says if you weren't thirty five years old and not born in the United States of America, you can't run for president. And so he was trying to find a loophole. And the birthers and President Obama had to get his live birth from Hawaii to prove to his people that it was. What are we going to do? Uh, One thing I heard Dr. Karinga say the other day on the radio, Dominique, he says that when it comes to voting, because he's not crazy about what's happening, you know, uh, in the East, uh, with the wars that's going on, he said we as a people must vote for who we will put who we believe will put us in the best condition after the election vote for all the people that we believe will put us in the best condition because what happened to uh, what's her name Cindy Gray what uh, the uh the uh, uh what what's her name Dominique she she just resigned from Harvard
0: oh Claudine Gay
2: Claudine Gay, for me, and I don't know how you feel about this, how could something that happened, how many miles away is Israel and Palestine, and she lost her job for something that happened all these many miles away, and people are lynching us and killing George Floyd and stepping on their head, and nope, and this is just not fair. This is just not fair. I don't want her to. I didn't want her to resign. I hope that she stayed. You did a, a nice thing. You talked about it the other day uh, uh, about her resigning, and I'm just saying that right day today I'm fired up. Yes, and I'm just saying that reparation is something that I'm serious about. And one of the last things that you read today, and maybe you could go back and read it. I, I, I had never read that, but I had heard of it. You said that under one of the amendments in the Constitution, they couldn't have any remnants or anything that, re- that was of uh, before slavery. But yet and still in California, and you know this, their sheriff's badge in Los Angeles is made just like the slave catcher's badge. And that's what they're doing. Isn't that a remnant? of what happened during slavery, and we're not supposed to have that, I'm saying I think we need to stand up for democracy. Because if not, we're going to be in big, big trouble. If Donald Trump gets in, and I rebuke that, for those who have a relationship with God, understand these words, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, that he doesn't get in. But I'm going to make sure that... Thank you. I'm going to make sure that everything that I can do, vote for all the people that will put us in a better condition after the election. OK, so but
0: but Molly Bell, a lot of people don't 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 believe that Biden puts us in a better condition like and and we can point to specific things he's done you know, especially in domestic policy. But for those who are angry about what's happening in Gaza, for those who did not appreciate the way that Haitians are treated under the immigration system in this country, for those who are not happy about the U.S. policy towards Cuba, um, you know, they may not feel that puts us in a better position so what do you say to those folks uh, especially young people who are be who are feeling disillusioned by the Biden administration and for whom just saying well he ain't Trump Trump's a dictator Trump's horrible um what do you say to those people if if it if that's not enough for them the fact that he ain't Trump
2: well first of all we said we're going to vote for the person who will put us in the best condition after the election. I didn't say he wasn't Trump or, or he's not Trump. But if we vote for Trump and he wins, would he, young people, put us in a better condition than we're in now? Crazy no.
0: Some 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 folks are now arguing that because Trump, they believe, will prioritize black people over immigrants. I don't know what this is based on, but that's I think probably because he bashes because he who shall not be named China Don, uh, dictator Don. He he bashes immigrants. He bashes us, too, but on different days that they feel that um, he will do more for black people than uh than Biden because the Democrats have uh, been more uh, humane towards immigrants. Well,
2: my, my first response, thank you for asking me that, but you always ask everybody good questions, but don't be too hard on Molly Bell because I'm your partner. That's right. Anyway. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm saying that, but I'm saying that, first of all, I would just tell them, did, they, did all these people come over the wall? Oh, they didn't build that wall. <laughs> Did they come over the wall? No, they didn't build it. So just because he says it, don't make it so. So if he had built the wall, maybe more. And like I said, and I'm loving the different mayors who are finding different ways they're being creative. I, I'm, I'm just surprised that Biden, who, who's a, who I think is uh, white, who I know is white, who I know that hasn't lived his life with black people and everything else, but I don't, I I never want to vote for the lesser, but Biden has done a lot of things that have been great. And if we're just going to crop, just deal with Palestine, and we found out recently that Israel, because I always talked about the hidden hand, that Israel knew a year before October the 7th that they, that that Hamas was going to do it they they knew this a year before that there's always a hidden hand who is who wants to win uh, uh uh netanyahu he wants he he is he's just like trump he's up he, you know everybody knows he's 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 on trial
0: for corruption and he's doing
2: everything that he can in in israel he's doing everything trump is on trial uh, 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 uh Uh, Zelensky is only one of the fair people in there and we've got to stand up for democracy nobody said that the road would be easy I, I know that I may not live to see all this at 76 on 4th of February Rosa Parks' birthday, I'll be 77 but I'm just saying that when we name all the things that he hasn't done the economy is better we're living better gas prices have gone down i don't even have a list of them and i know that and i don't know how to even go out anymore because of you know my accident but i'm just saying that who is running that will put us as black people in a better position and then if they say trump then now i get to now i get to Talk to you. It's your job.
0: <laughs> all right, Milly, Molly. Molly, Bill. I know you, you. I know you're about to do your uh, finale, so I'm. A, I'm. gonna let you land right here.
2: Right. Thanks. I, I love you, Dominique. Happy New Year to all of us. We make it, and we're gonna do it. All you prayer warriors out there, and there's a bunch of you. You know what you've got to do. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying because the struggle continues, but always. To God be the glory. Thank you, Dominique. Be blessed.
0: Thank you, Molly Bell. City of Compton. Be blessed. Be back with more. You know, we got a lot to talk about, as always. KBLA Talk 1580.
1: More of First Things First with Dominique De Prima when we come forward.
0: Hey,
2: Dad.
1: the conversation continues right now, right now, right now, right now with now, Dominique Deprima on first things first, first. Things
0: first. and um, yeah Tavis Smiley shared something with me yesterday which was right on point you guys heard me talking yesterday about Claudine gray and uh, gay and her firing well she wasn't fired she was she resigned but it's really firing because she was pushed out had she uh, enjoyed the real full solid support of the folks at Harvard she would not have stepped down she still. Um, works for Harvard, by the way, and she will still get a check, which has conservatives hopping mad. But she's no longer the president after just a six-month term. And the more I learn about this, the more I realize that how just how dirty they did her. Well, you heard me talking about Bill Bill Ackman, the big billionaire uh, donor to Harvard, who really um, was hunting for. Claudine Gay's had He really was the leader of the intellectual lynch mob that went after her, um, that pushed through this double standard, um, that allowed us to many of us to abandon her, thinking, well, you know, she she's guilty of plagiarism. The more we find out, we, the more we find that that is BS. And e- the charge on its on its face, on the merits, but it turns out now we find out that his own wife, uh, Neri Oxman, is her name. Uh, is um, accused of plagiarism for her dissertation. The wife of the guy who just rounded up the people with the torches and, and the pitchforks uh, to virtually um, hang Claudine Gay, uh, her, um, his wife, uh, who is now a tenured professor at MIT, arguably more prestigious, certainly just as prestigious as Harvard uh, University? Um, she got her tenure in 2027. Apparently, she plagiarized a bunch of uh, her doctoral dissertation, which she submitted in 2010. And That at least, according to Business Insider, at least one of those paragraphs was taken directly from another writer um, without citation. This is a guy who has been relentless um, and saying, you know, there's no no exceptions, plagiarism, blah, 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 blah. Well, as I pointed out, I think it was yesterday that the rules uh, for when how you do citations change over the years. When when Gay wrote her dissertation in the 90s, uh, you, the citation rules were different. You didn't always have to have quotation marks. Apparently that changed because of the internet and the, the um, rash of plagiarism that we've seen since then. But this supports what many academics, including Nicole Hannah-Jones, have said, which is that if we held every academic to the same standards, including Mr. Ackman's wife, that we held Claudine Gay to. There would be a lot of open jobs at these Ivy League schools. And let's see, um, as my colleague Nicole Lai-Cortez said, uh, let's see what MIT is finna do about this woman. Will she also be forced to resign? We have a lot to talk about. Let's keep talking about it on social media, KBLA 1580 on all of the apps. And you can find me at De Prima Radio. Don't forget, if you missed the podcast on Yesterday with Queen Afua, starting Your Health for 2024, find it wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcasts are always free. They're also available on our app. My quote for today, going to Maya Angelou this rainy, cold weekend. She says, remember to try to be the rainbow in someone's cloud.